My name's Will DeFreeze, and this is the Sunday Scaries Podcast, your cure for the Sunday blues. This week, we're going through the Ten Commandments of Group Trips, reviewing Netflix's newest show, The Goop Lab, and doing a rapid-fire Q&A. Group Trips. Whether it's a bachelor party, a quick weekend away, or a much-needed jaunt to get the band back together, they're kind of inevitable. But like anything that requires weeks of planning, things can go south very quickly if everyone isn't on the same page. I'll be the first to admit, I botched many of these commandments in the past. Hell, I even botched a few last week. But as long as you keep the 10 rules top of mind once the plane takes off and you have that first sip of mediocre playing cocktail, I think you'll be fine. Let's get into them. The first, thou shall not put unnecessary information in the group text. Any good group trip begins with a group message. And as couples as randos start getting added to the trip, things can spiral out of control quickly. While it's pivotal that everyone is included, one must remember the cardinal rule of any group text, less is more. Just because you're going on vacation together doesn't mean everyone wants to hear from you during every waking moment of their day. Take your funny memes and unrelated stories and kind of go elsewhere with them. The more watered down the group text becomes, the less responsive people will get. And the last thing you want while trying to get a majority vote on the Airbnb is absent parties because they're tired of looking at your gifs. Number two, proper planning prevents poor performance. When I'm on vacation, I like to fly by the seat of my pants. But when you've got 6 to 14 other people involved, you just need to plan. Is it an absolute bitch making a 14-person reservation at a restaurant that you know nothing about other than what you've read on Yelp? Yes. But is it even more of a bitch to arrive somewhere only to realize that no one can accommodate 14 people on the fly? Absolutely. Choose the most responsible people in the group text and let them have at it. While you may not love their choices, having too many reservations is better than no reservations at all. Just make sure no one puts down a card because you'll inevitably cancel one of the dinners when everyone's having too much fun day drinking. I promise. Number three, prior to arrival, thou shall decide how expenses are to be split. When it comes to group trips, the more the merrier doesn't always apply, especially when it comes to finances. Whether using Venmo, Chase QuickPay, Splitwise, or some other service I've never heard of, go in with a plan and execute it. I don't care if your point-hungry friend is dedicated to putting all the group dinners on her new Chase Sapphire. Let her. She's a saint for that. It'll save you the heart attack when you check your bank statement, and you also don't risk forgetting your credit card when you have that fourth martini. Number four, know thy role. Are you a neat freak? Make sure the dishwasher is either full, running, or being emptied. Do not be afraid to delegate. Good at making cocktails? Great. Not only the in-house bartender before you head out for the night, but you're doing the liquor run beforehand to make sure all the supplies are accounted for. Always buy more beer than you think you should buy. Oh, and your OCD? Make the itinerary and do your best to get everyone to stick to it, even if that means calling the Ubers when people are still drinking. And if you're not good at anything, well, now you're the glue person. If people need beers, toss them out. If the night is starting slow, pitch a drinking game. Just make sure you're also on cleaning duty when it arises as well. Number five, respect thy neighbor. On group trips, Things can get tense. It's kind of like an abbreviated episode of the real world. You're stuck in a house with people you don't normally live with and things can get a little awkward. Don't late night party next to the rooms where people are sleeping. Cover the hot tub so the next wave of people don't enter a lukewarm pool. And if you take the last cup of coffee from the pot, brew another. The last thing you want is for everyone to talk behind your back about how much of an asshole you are because you disobey social norms. 
Number six, thou shall not be afraid to split from the group. This is one of the most difficult commandments for people to grasp. Of course, group trips insinuates you're doing everything together. But the older you get, the more you realize how much more you need to just do you sometimes. If there are differing opinions on dinner, don't be afraid to call an audible as long as you're not screwing over a previously made reservation. If you're too hungover to move, sleep those extra 90 minutes and meet everyone at brunch later. Selfishness is normally considered to be a bad thing, but when you're sharing a house with everyone, sometimes being cordial needs to take a back seat. Number seven, in rough waters, thou shalt go with the flow. There's one truth about every group trip. Things aren't always going to go as planned. And when they don't, shit's going to hit the fan. No matter how much planning you do, something will fall through. And when things do, you have to be flexible. As long as the group's mentality is in sync, everything will end up being fun. But if a small contingent get upset over logistics gone awry, well, that's when attitudes start to flare up. Number eight, thou shalt put photos into the shared photo stream prior to Instagramming them, AKA the bachelorette party rule. While I've never been on a bachelorette party before, I've been around enough girl squads to know that portrait mode photos are the most valuable form of currency when you're on the town. There's always going to be one person, AKA the person with the nicest iPhone, who requests all photos get taken with their phone. While this is partially to ensure the photos come out the best that they possibly can, it's also to ensure that they get first access to every group photo taken. Be selfless and put them in the shared photo stream before you go Instagram crazy with them. It's just the right thing to do. Number nine, if there's time to lean, there's time to clean. I personally am a very big victim of this rule. I'm admittedly lazy, despite my inherent need to always have clean surroundings. On group trips though, my laziness kind of peaks, mainly because of the hangovers. If you wake up and the kitchen's dirty, do some straightening up before everyone makes breakfast. Before heading out for the last day, put your VRBO's cleanliness above all else. And the last thing you want is to get a Venmo request two weeks later when you didn't get the deposit back because you left to place a mess. And while I don't always follow this commandment, I do aspire to. And that's all that matters. Kind of. Number 10, thou shalt complete all Venmo requests within 48 hours of returning home. You've reached peak anxiety. It's Sunday night, and if you're lucky enough to be home, the last thing you want to do is check your bank account. Whether you're the aforementioned person putting everything on their card or simply the person who has a shit ton of money post-trip, all exchanges of currency must be completed within 48 hours of checkout. It's a bad look when you haven't paid for the first dinner two weeks later. Trust me, I've been there. This past week, I did something unspeakable, something I hesitate to admit to society, something so painstaking that I almost feel as though I deserve an award for having completed something so grueling. I, Will DeFreeze, binge-watched the entirety of Netflix's new series, The Goop Lab, with Gwyneth Paltrow. Rolling Stone said, Goop is still goop. The slices of legitimate or harmless health information are smack in the middle of giant bullshit sandwich, and no amount of shots of attractive 20-somethings pulling down their $650 cashmere sweatpants to look at their vulvas can detract from this. And while I'm not sure they're wrong in that generalization, I did attempt to watch the show with an open mind despite my extreme hesitations given the history that Goops had. But what I found was that being too open to the concepts that drove the show felt somewhat dangerous. I will say beforehand, though, that I want to exclude the third episode, yes, the Volva episode, from the entire narrative that I'm about to spew to you. While each of the episodes of the series has some value to it, the Volva episode undoubtedly touched on subjects that aren't just important for women, but anyone struggling with self-image. It would be unfair to criticize that episode as a whole, but the rest of the series is completely fair game. 
anyway. If you're unfamiliar with the series or just goop in general, it's essentially this. Pseudoscience mixed with science mixed with even more pseudoscience. If you've ever wondered if strategic breathing can cure a disease or if mediums can actually channel the dead, this may be the show for you. But despite the show's warning ahead of every episode that it's designed to entertain and inform, not provide medical advice, it feels like they're more into providing medical advice than actual entertainment. In a decision that I probably wouldn't have made, the producers actually allowed Gwyneth Paltrow to take a back seat. While I'm not begging for her to be in the show more, the decision led to the entire company and its employees becoming a punching bag rather than just their figurehead, who kind of already was one. Even from the first episode when Paltrow admits to doing Molly, the entire vibe is that of, I'm not a regular mom, I'm a cool mom. As if Vice pivoted to cater to upper-class stay-at-home moms who are only watching Netflix between their hot yoga classes. The second episode of Wim Hof, noted dude who breathes, offered insight into how breathing routines can make you feel invincible. But once some of his subjects claimed that jumping into ice-cold water changed their lives, I suddenly felt less inclined to find him credible despite him actually having some credibility. The most absurd and pointless episode, however, was the fourth where they discussed your internal age, whatever hell that's supposed to mean. When it was all said and done, I felt like I had just watched Extreme Makeover bestowing a bunch of women who didn't need makeovers. They simply tortured themselves with diet and facelifts over the course of a month just to be told they look two years younger than they actually are. Despite the show's impressive production and general feel-good vibe, I constantly caught myself watching and thinking, how unrelatable is this to most people? Yes, the problems and demons Goop employees tackled are valid and shouldn't be criticized. And sure, some of the science was factual and not just based on blind beliefs. But as I watched the final episode, the one where they work with a medium talking to the deceased relatives of employees, I found myself siding with the girl who pretty much said, you know, all this is bullshit. Over the three hours it took me to watch the entire series, I couldn't help but watch the first-hand employee accounts of various wellness practices and think that everyone was just scared to admit that certain practices didn't work, for fear that they'd get axed from the Goop offices. At the end of the day, I feel as though Goop thought that a Netflix show would humanize them, allow them to get into the homes of the every man or every woman and show their true colors. Unfortunately, while they did get those true colors across, it was probably the last thing America needed, or wanted for that matter. And to close out this week's episode, I decided to do something very goopy. On their site, each employee answers a series of questions. Because I criticized them so much for the show, I thought it only fair for me to get put through the ringer by answering those same questions. Will I come off insufferable? That's for you to decide. And to help me with these questions today, I brought in someone special, my fiance, Sally. Sally, welcome. Thanks for having me. Ready to get started? Sure. What's your uniform? Probably black joggers and a quarter zip and the Nike sneakers I talked about during last week's episode. What's your morning routine? Wake up, pet Rosie, let Rosie out if you haven't done it already, make coffee, hop in the shower, and uh, go to the studio. Who is your dream podcast guest? Jeff Goldblum. Bucket list wellness retreat. Wherever a girl went in Things Girls Do After Graduation, or wherever she went before skipping it. What was your first job? Cleaning dishes at a whitefish restaurant. It was mainly just me scrubbing the bottoms of pans of clam chowder. Who are your mentors? I don't really have any. Go-to weeknight recipes? Kale Caesar salad with dinosaur kale and homemade dressing that's actually from the grocery store. Drink of choice. 
dirty Tito's on the rocks. What won't you leave home without? My phone. What won't you fly without? Noise-canceling headphones. What do you buy in bulk? Bounce sheets. I know that's not environmentally friendly, but it's true. What's your favorite book? Catcher in the Rye? I don't really know. I'm not very good at finishing books lately. Favorite movie? I've always said Goodwill Hunting, but I think it's actually Talented Mr. Ripley. Who was your first celebrity crush? Kelly Kapowski. Favorite city hotel? The Goring in London. Favorite vacation hotel? The Montage Laguna Beach. Preferred form of exercise? The Peloton. Proudest moment? Uh, probably getting this podcast featured by iTunes. What is your perfect Sunday afternoon? Doing something that's somewhat productive, but also kind of lazy. And uh, I don't know, sitting on the couch, blanket, reading, watching TV, hanging out with the dog. Some combination of those. Favorite pasta dish? Carbonara, which I didn't know was my favorite pasta dish until you recently made it. What's your favorite body part to foam roll? I don't foam roll. Finally, how often do you recharge your crystals? Just the simple fact that Goop included that question for their employees tells you everything you need to know about Goop. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe, review, or tell a friend in need about this podcast. By subscribing, you guarantee that each and every episode gets delivered just to your phone every Sunday morning. You can also follow along on Twitter at SundayScariest and Instagram, which is at Sunday.Scariest. Or you can follow me both on Twitter and Instagram at Will DeFreeze. And remember, always trim the wicks on your scented candles. See you next Sunday.